more. How do you know if you're building the right dreams in your life? Well, you can't build wisely if you don't see clearly. More on that on today's episode of Dreamers and Disciples. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. My name is Wade Joy, and if you're new here, this podcast is a journey to help you reset your rhythms and renew your dreams around the priorities of Jesus. And so whether you're new or you've been listening to every episode since the first one, uh, I hope you're having an incredible day, first and foremost, um, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. And I just really appreciate you trusting me with these few moments in your busy day uh, for us to really dive into what the Bible has to say about being a dreamer, but more importantly, being a disciple. And thanks to everyone who shared the podcast with someone else. Uh, It really, really means a lot to me. And so if this episode is helpful for you today, uh, I would love it if you would send a link to a friend, text it to them, share it on Instagram. However you share uh, the podcast, it really does mean the world to me as we grow this community together. So all that being said, I'm excited to dive into today's episode, which is all about ambition. And so we started this conversation last week uh, in the episode, The Truth About Ambition. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, get caught up, and then join me again here. But we said in that episode that ambition isn't something to fight as a follower of Jesus. Instead, it's something to focus. Uh, And I want to continue to expand and develop that thought this week, where we're going to look at five ways to focus your ambition. And I want to start the conversation with Romans chapter 8, verse 5. And so Paul writes in, in Romans, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So here we have Paul um, contrasting two different uh, mindsets, um, contrasting two different focuses. So you have uh, the mind that is set on what the flesh desires, which actually feeds a life lived according to the flesh. So your mindset and your focus actually feeds Um, The outputs in your life, what you put in affects what comes out. Uh, But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. So if you keep your mindset on what the Spirit desires, then that empowers you to live in accordance with the Spirit. So two different mindsets produce two different ways of life. And the same goes with our ambition. Focusing your ambition means setting your mind on what the Spirit desires and being being ambitious about those things, because our natural ambition will focus on what the flesh desires. And in fact, we talked about this last week, ambition, is, it's part of our, our makeup of how God created us. He created us to be builders. Uh, you look back in Genesis, and He entrusted us um, to lead and to care for uh, God's good creation. And so He called us to steward that well, to build things um, that are in accordance with his desires for his creation. We're supposed to to maximize what he's entrusted to us, to multiply it. So within us is the DNA of a builder, and that's what ambition is all about. It's about what you're building, what you have a desire to build. 
So it's not about fighting that desire. It's about focusing it on the right things because what you focus on determines what you build. So ambition is centered around what you're building, why you're building it, and all of us have that desire to build something. But it's what we build and why we build it that makes all the difference. So let me ask you today, get this in your mind. What are you building in your life right now? What are you building in your life right now? They're the obvious things. You know, there's a career, maybe there's a, a family, uh, there's a dream that you have. But sometimes there are things that you're building that you don't even realize you're building that can even be the consequences of some of the things that you're building. So you can build a reputation for selfishness, or you can build a reputation for serving others. Uh, you can build a legacy of generosity. Or you can build a lifestyle where you hoard all of your resources. You can build a career that isolates you from those you love. Or you can build a community of people that you love and who love you. We're all building something and we're all building multiple things in our lives. And I love the verse from Psalm 127 verse 1 that says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So we're called to build. It's actually a, a good thing to work. Like that is a an act of worship. It honors God when we work hard. But we want to work on the things that God is building. Because if you build something for your own kingdom, then that's in vain. It's not going to have lasting fruit. You're not going to have um, sustainable energy to do that. Um you're, when you're building something that the Lord's not in, you're building it in the flesh. That's an exhaustible resource. But if you're building something that the Lord is building through you, then you have the power of the Spirit, which is a limitless resource. So I want to build what God is building. So we have to see what the Lord is building, what the Lord wants to build through us, and then build according to His power and strength. But sometimes to do that, we have to change our focus, not sometimes, all the time, but maybe right now you need to change your focus because you have been focusing your ambition and your building on all the wrong things. And sometimes changing focus can be hard. Um, sometimes not so much. I thought of uh, some times over my life where I've had to change my focus and my energy. Uh, and some of these are, are really kind of silly examples, but I think they help make the point. But when I was uh, started playing guitar back in ninth grade, I wanted to play guitar because I wanted to be like Ben Tillman. Ben Tillman was a guy in my youth group, and I thought he was the man. Uh, he First of all, he was a killer guitar player, and he introduced me to Stevie Ray Vaughan, my favorite guitar player. And secondly, all the girls loved Ben. And so I wanted to play guitar because I wanted to be like Ben. And if I'm really honest, I wanted all the girls to love me the way they loved Ben because I was a short guy in high school. I needed all the help that I could get. And so I started playing guitar. And I never, ever got to be as good as Ben was, um, but I loved it. And about a year into that, and all my motivations were completely self-centered in playing guitar in that first year. And then... Uh, my 10th grade year, there was a, a good friend of mine who died in a tragic accident, and it, it was horrible, and it really 
was kind of a defining moment in my life in 10th grade. And I remember writing my first song about my faith as a way to process uh, just what had happened. And over time, I started realizing that, oh, I can use this guitar to help me vocalize things that I'm feeling that I didn't know how to. And I started to write songs about my relationship with the Lord, and I started to want to sing those songs for other people. And I started to feel this desire for ministry and realize that this guitar could be a tool for it. And yes, there were still self-centered parts of me playing guitar. But gradually over time, my focus started to change. So it was the same skill, but a different focus. For those of you who know your guitar, it was the same fretboard, but a different focus uh, over years and years and years that changed how I was directing that ambition. Uh, Same with me writing songs. I wrote songs for over 20 years. uh, And... You know, many songs that I was a part of writing were sung in a lot of different churches, and that was awesome. That was a dream of mine. But as my job changed at Elevation to where my focus needed to shift from writing songs, that was hard for me. It was a hard shift. It was a hard redirection for me. But what I found is I was still able to use that passion to write and to be creative in my new role, in my new season, by writing sermons and writing teachings and eventually writing a book. So it was the same passion, the same creativity, but a different focus. The same energy, different focus. Life is all about redirecting your focus. Uh, As a single person, you have to redirect your energy to a different focus when you get married if you want to have a healthy marriage. You can't put all the same energy that you put towards your friendships in the same way anymore because you now have a spouse, a husband or a wife that you need to give your primary focus to relationally. As a married man or woman, you redirect your focus when you have kids. That is a massive focus shift in your life. And even more so, as a Christian, you are meant to redirect your ambition and your focus when you decide to follow Christ. It changes everything. The life of a disciple is really about redirection. It's about redirecting your focus from the mind of the flesh to the mind of the spirit, to thinking about your life and your ambition and your goals and your priorities, all of it shifts in focus. And in fact, here's the main idea I want to impart to you today. If you get nothing else from this podcast, I want you to hold on to this. So if you're multitasking right now, if you're cutting your grass, if you're doing some work, just kind of come back to me for a second. And here's the main point. You can't build wisely if you don't see clearly. You can't build wisely if you don't see clearly. So we're all called to build something, and we need to be wise about what we're building. We need to be wise about how we're focusing our ambition towards what we're building. And to do that, we have to see clearly. We have to see clearly, number one, um, the world the way God sees it. So we have to see Jesus As Lord of the world, we have to see what His priorities are, what His um, purpose is in creation. And then we have to see ourselves in light of that purpose. And we've had episodes about this podcast where we talk about purpose and calling. So when we submit to Jesus as Lord and think with the mind of the Spirit, then we have to ask these follow-up questions. In light of that, 
What is the best use of my energy, my resources, my talents, my time, and my presence? What is the best use of my energy, my resources, my talents, my time, and my presence? Because thinking through those questions helps us see clearly for the season that you're in. And you might think, well, I, I, I settled that. I, I kind of made those decisions years ago. But oftentimes your answer has to be updated for the season of life that you're in because your vision can blur over time and you not even realize it. So I remember when I first had to get glasses, I had, you know, basically perfect vision for most of my life. And then as I got closer and closer to 40, I realized that I was having to hold my phone closer to my face to read my texts. And my friends would make fun of me all the time for it. I was having to make the font bigger on my phone. And finally, I sucked it up and I just went to the eye doctor. And I was like, oh, I'm getting older. I need glasses. And it happened gradually. It happened over time. And so maybe for you, you were using um, the best use of your um, energy and resources and talents and time and presence in one season of your life. And gradually, as your seasons changed, as your circumstances have changed, what worked for you then isn't right for you now. Maybe you're not seeing clearly because of a painful experience you went through. And I want today to help be a clarifying discussion for you to look at your life through five different filters. We could call them five focus filters to make sure you're seeing clearly and you're focusing your ambition and your energy in the right direction so you know if there's ways that you need to redirect in this season. So these are five focus filters. And let me give you the first one now. Focus your desire for glory. Focus your desire for glory. There is a, a quote that I read from Amy DiMarcangelo. I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but it was this. The only way we can fight our thirst for glory is to be consumed with His. The only way we can fight our thirst for glory is to be consumed with His. Uh, talking about, obviously, the glory of the Lord. And, and here's something that I think it's important to recognize. You are designed not only to build, but you're designed to worship. You're designed to give glory to something and to someone. It is part of your makeup. And when we are living and thinking according to the flesh, um, our natural tendency is to give glory to our ego, to our efforts, to ourselves, to things of this world. But when we think in accordance with the Spirit, with the mind of the Spirit, then we give glory to who is the only one who deserves glory, which is Christ. But what you build and who you worship, what you worship are directly connected because you build towards what you worship. You build towards what you worship. That's why we have to see clearly to make sure we are worshiping correctly. And so sometimes you realize, oh, I'm building the exact wrong thing when you realize that you're you're building something for your own kingdom, your own ego, and you have to completely shift and build something new. So that's a drastic change. And maybe some of you are there. But often what I find, and this is more subtle, and I think this is more common, is that it's not changing what you build, but it's changing how you build it. So maybe you're building the right thing, you're building a ministry even, 
but somehow along the way, the ministry has become about your own kingdom and not the kingdom of God. Or maybe um, as you're building your family, you are putting your needs at the center rather than honoring God by how you serve and love others. So you have to realize um, that you have a tendency and a need to give glory to something. And only when we think with a mindset of the Spirit that we can actually focus our, our desire for glory in the right direction by giving glory to Christ. And here's what's striking. You can use the same materials um, to either build an idol or an altar. So the same materials that can build an idol can also build an altar. And this is something that I've really been kind of circling around recently in my life. And let me just give you a very basic example of this from Scripture. And this is like we're talking about real raw materials here like stone. Leviticus 26.1, the Lord says, You shall not make for yourself idols, nor shall you set up for yourselves an image or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. So this is a basic reinforcement of the command we all know, which is there shall be no other gods before me. There shall be no idols, no graven images. Um, if you've been in Sunday school, you know that commandment. What's interesting, though, is it points out um, no figured stone in your land. In Joshua 3, verses 20 through 24, after the Israelites make it to the promised land finally after wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and the Jordan River opens up before them, it's a miracle that they get to, to walk through that. And Joshua instructs them, he says, set up at Gilgal, or in Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. And then later it says, uh, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So here Joshua is saying, actually, I want you to take these 12 stones and, and make a monument to God's faithfulness and to God's goodness that actually points our hearts towards the Lord. So the same stones that can build an idol, like Leviticus talked about, um, can also build an altar the way Joshua is instructing the people to do. And so in our context, um, your gifts and your talents and your abilities, you can use those raw materials to build an idol that brings glory to yourself, that's building your own kingdom, that props up your own ego, or you can build an altar of worship to God that, that brings glory to God, that puts the focus on what He's given you. And you can walk in those giftings and you can be ambitious, but you're building an altar, not an idol. So I'm having to learn how to balance that even with this podcast. Um, it's something that I feel like the Lord laid on my heart to do. God opened up doors to do it. And I really want to help people through it. And I found myself in the first couple of weeks as I was looking at numbers of downloads and and who's listening and, and all that kind of stuff, which is a wise thing to do because I want to make sure I'm building it well and that it's I'm stewarding it well. And so I wanted to inform myself wisely, but I found that 
every week, I was starting to look at the numbers a little bit more and more, and I was using them to tell me if I was successful, not if the podcast was was successful, but if I was successful. And I realized that um, those numbers could build my ego up. They could tear my ego down if they were too low. So I've had to make the decision to limit how often I look at those numbers so I can keep them in the proper place and I can think about who's the one person that might be listening to this that needs this message. So I'm trying to think through how I can be helpful and not impressive. And so that's one thing where I'm realizing, oh, I can use this podcast as an altar to draw people to Jesus, or I can use it as an idol to try to make myself look good. And all of us have those areas in our lives. So what is yours? Focus your desire for glory. Here's the second. Focus your self-awareness. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, Paul writes this, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. See, Paul is saying, whatever you're gifted at doing, be ambitious to do it well. Uh, If God has given you a gift to encourage people, be ambitious about being as encouraging as you possibly can be. If your gift is serving, be ambitious about serving well. If you're a teacher, be ambitious about teaching well. Once again, not as an idol to yourself, but as an altar of using that gift to glorify God and to serve others. So you need to be aware of your strengths and build on those strengths. Do what you are good at really well. Grow in the gift. Steward it wisely. Um, Also, see what God is speaking to you through your frustrations, because a lot of times that clues you in onto something God has given you a gift to fix or to impact. What bothers you in the world? That's the way God motivates you. But some of you are frustrated because you are building something, though, that you're not gifted for. So this is another way to focus your ambition, because some of us are ambitious about things that God has not gifted us to do. And this is where it takes a lot of self-awareness, a lot of humility, and a lot of seeing yourself correctly and realizing that you are loved by God, not by the gifts you do or don't have, but because you're His child, and He has given you something unique to impart into the world. So focus building on those gifts. And God works through your gifts, but He also works through your limitations and your weaknesses because God says, my power is made perfect through your weakness. Um, And so build on your strengths, but also ask God, how do you want to use my weakness as I'm vulnerable about that, as I open up to people about this is a weakness I have. God can use that too, Um, but you got to make sure you're building first and foremost on your strengths And then not trying to hide your weakness, but being open about your weakness so that God can also impact others through that. So focus your self-awareness. All right, third, focus your gaze outward. Uh, We talked last week about Philippians chapter 2 in verse 3 and 4 where Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. So Paul is saying, Don't focus your ambition towards vain conceit, towards things that build up yourself, but focus and pivot and redirect your ambition towards the needs and the interests of others. 
So I mentioned this a second ago, but what need in the world stirs your heart? Um, What need is in your proximity, in your community that you can meet? Focus your ambition to meet those needs. Um, Who can you get to know and help and love right now? Ask yourself about your dream or your idea. How does this help someone else or does it just prop myself up? Grand ambitions are hollow without loving people in your own life. So if you have this great idea to impact people around the world, that's awesome. But are you actually loving people that you see day to day? Because I think that's the foundation of integrity that you can build uh, a ministry on that actually does impact people you don't know. But are you actually loving the people that you do know that are in your life right now? All right, number four, focus your listening during failure. Focus your listening during failure. Uh, I, I always go back to this passage in Acts, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, where Paul had to encounter um, being told no. And it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Pergia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they, come, when they came to the border of Mysia, I think I'm saying these names right, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging them, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here we have Paul really wanting to preach the gospel in certain places, but it says that the Spirit of Jesus, that God um, would not allow them to, and then eventually calling them to go somewhere else. Sometimes what you deem as failure in your life is actually the Lord redirecting you to to the true thing that He wants you to be ambitious about or the true place that He wants to lead you to. And if Paul was bitter when the Spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit said, no, don't don't do this. He might not have had the clarity of of heart to really pay attention to the vision that God gave him of the man of Macedonia saying, come, come and help us. But Paul was open-handed with his ambition. He was open-handed with his dreams and his plans. And he sensed that he wasn't standing in failure. He was actually being redirected to what God really wanted him to do. So are you taking the time to listen during perceived failure? And here's the thing. If you're bitter, the only sound you will hear is the sound of your bitter heart. So can you be open and see the gift in the no? Can you be open and content and listen and hear the Holy Spirit? What is God wanting to say to you right now? You feel like you've hit closed door after closed door after closed door. Are you willing to surrender your ambition uh, to God's redirection? Are you willing to listen to what God may want to say to you when your plans don't succeed. And so sometimes you needed your ambition just to get you moving, just to get you out the door and to get you to the place where God could then give you the idea of what he really wanted to do through you. So it wasn't failure. It was a way to get you closer in the vicinity of the thing that God actually wanted you to do. Sometimes the thing that you're ambitious about really isn't the thing. It's what leads you to the thing. So work hard and be satisfied in God no matter how long it takes to get you where you want to go, even if you end up somewhere you didn't intend. And trust God in failure and realize that you are loved and that failure doesn't make you less special in the eyes of God. Sometimes failure is the package that you receive, the true gift of God, 
which is the the real direction uh, towards what he has actually gifted and called you and anointed you to do. And finally, number five, focus your praise in success. Focus your praise in success. See, sometimes we have a hard time focusing our ambition in failure, but other times we have an even more difficult time focusing it in success. In 2 Chronicles 26, verses 15 through 16, we get a very cautionary tale about King Uzziah of Judah. And this is what the scripture says. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. So here's a king who was greatly helped by God. Um, He was a good king, and he had done great things for the Lord until he became powerful. And then he became prideful, which led to his downfall. It said he was no longer helped because of his pride. Uh, after he became powerful, because he forgot who was building the house, who was building the kingdom. Remember, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And we have to remember that in our lives and every success that thus far the Lord has helped us. We have to remember that he is the one who has enabled our success, who has empowered our success, who has used it. And he is also the one who must empower us to sustain it and continue to grow it in a healthy way. So we have to learn to be humble in success. And remember, being humble doesn't mean that you shy away from what is successful. It means that you can be humble and confident because your confidence is in God. Humility is a focused confidence in God. So Are you just as dependent upon the Lord in success as you are when you're actually building the thing or when you fail? Like, you know you need God then, but do you know and realize and remember how much you need God when you are successful? Um, Because we need to make sure that we are using and leveraging and focusing our success towards the purposes of God to make sure that we are giving Him glory and not ourselves in our success, because you have to make this commitment to refuse to let glory rest on yourself, because that is the temptation when you're successful. And so we have to remember to continue to redirect glory back to God, because He is the one who has enabled anything that we're successful at. And also in a different sense of the word, first and foremost, we need to make sure we're giving praise and our success to God. But then are you also recognizing and honoring and celebrating the team that God sent to help you? Because yes, the Lord builds the house, but He builds it through other people too. Like He uses you to build it, but you're not the only one stacking bricks. He sent other people to do that with you. He sent other talents and giftings that you don't have. And so are you recognizing them and blessing them and honoring them? Be generous with your affirmation. That is one of the ways that you get glory off of yourself and onto the Lord by recognizing how He has moved and encouraged and built through other people. So refuse to let glory rest on yourself um, by focusing your praise in success. All right, we went through five different filters to help you focus your ambition correctly. Five ways to focus your ambition correctly. I want to review these just so they're all fresh in your mind. So focus your desire for glory. Focus your self-awareness. Focus your gaze outward. Focus your listening during failure. And focus your praise in success. And we need to make sure that we are 
thinking through these different uh, filters because in order to build wisely, what God has called you to build in your life, you have to see clearly. And you can build wisely when you see clearly. So I would love to know which of these five areas resonated the most with you. Which of these five areas do you need um, to really work on your focus, to redirect your focus? I'd love to pray for you about that. So let me know. Let me know on Instagram. You can um, you can message me at, at WadeJoy, W-A-D-E-J-O-Y-E. Maybe you can even post about the podcast and, and share what God spoke to you through it. And every mention, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you. Uh, you can maybe even leave a review uh, for the podcast and talk about what really spoke to you. And I'll, I'll look through the reviews and I'll pray for you there as well. Um, and if you're leaving a review, I'd also love five stars if the podcast has helped you. But no matter what, I want to pray for you that God will help you focus your ambition towards His priorities and towards what He is building. So I'm praying that you see clearly and that you build wisely. And just a quick reminder before we close, um, if you haven't downloaded my free ebook, Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul, I'd love to give that to you. It's a free digital workbook to help you build healthy rhythms in your life. You can get that for free at wadejoy.com. The link is in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for spending these um, few moments with me. I hope that they have been encouraging to you. And I can't wait to see you back here next week for Dreamers and Disciples. Thank you.